Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here at Heavenward Thinking. Today we're continuing on our story of Genesis 7 and 8 in the flood. Uh, We're going to review the end of Genesis 7 and go right into chapter 8. So I'm going to read it and we'll get right into our topic today. So starting in Genesis 7 verse 17. For 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry ground that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out, people and animals and the creatures that move along the ground, and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days. But God remembered Noah, and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down, and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground, but the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah and the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent out the dove again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Now then, Noah removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out of every kind of living creature that is with you the birds the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and the clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So here in Genesis 7 and 8, uh, once again, we're recapping in, in chapter 7 of the flood coming and how it destroyed everything. God sent the flood to wipe away the wickedness, the evil that was filling the world. It had become so corrupt, as we've talked about before, that every inclination of the thought of mankind's heart was only evil continuously, is what scripture says. And, and so God sent the flood to wipe all that away, to, to take out all the animals, all the humans, except for Noah and his family and the animals that God sent 
two by two to go male and female on the ark and to be able to repopulate the earth. And here in chapter eight, at the very end, we get to see that uh, beginning to unfold where God sends out the animals to repopulate the earth. And and so we see that come full, uh, full-fledged there at the end of chapter 8. But at the beginning of chapter 8, we have a transition from the flood narrative where we have all this destruction, God sending something to destroy the world. And, and then we have a but at the beginning of this chapter. But God remembered Noah and all the animals and livestock that were with him in the ark. And, and so we see how God continually is taking care of Noah. As we've seen throughout this whole story, God has been taking care of Noah, who did everything that God commanded him. And that's important for us to remember as we look at this chapter. God is being faithful to Noah, and Noah is being faithful to God to do what God says. And so God takes care of Noah. God remembers him. God sends the wind to make the waters recede. And we see here a whole period of time where the waters slowly stop and we get to see that the ark lands at the mountains of Ararat and the waters continue to recede for many, 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 many days. And and we finally get uh, this whole account of Noah sending out the dove from the ark and how it comes back to him and then how it comes back again with an olive leaf and then how the finally it comes back to him no more and it never returns to him. And so he knows that the flood is done and that the waters have receded enough where they can go out of the ark and God sends them forth out of the ark and gives them a specific instruction to go from the ark. Noah didn't just walk out there randomly one day. He waited for the instructions of the Lord and we see his faithfulness to the Lord again, how he continually does what God commands him to do, just as we should do in our own lives. When we look at this chapter, the first half of it, we can see that it is so important for us to be faithful to God to make sure that we are acting in line with his principles of scripture, with what he has instructed us to do through his word, and what we see that he wants us to do in life. We have to be following after God, and he's going to take care of us just as he took care of Noah. So that should give us encouragement as Christians. It should encourage us that as we are faithful to God, he is faithful to us, and he will never let us down. He's going to take care of us no matter how hard the trials we go through in life are. None of us have gone through anything quite like what Noah went through, where the entire world was destroyed by a flood. But we go through things that are difficult for us each and every day. But we can remember that as long as we are being faithful to God, he's going to keep pushing us through. He's going to get us through those difficult times. We just have to keep our eyes fixed heavenward on him. And then we we see here that God is faithful to do what he promised, that he is going to repopulate the earth. He is going to send the animals forth, send the human beings, all mankind forth from the ark, and they're supposed to repopulate uh, the earth. And we're going to see more of that in the coming chapters of Genesis, where he sends forth humanity to fill the earth and to uh, fulfill their creation mandate of, of subduing the earth and ruling over the earth, even though we are now in a sinful state where we cannot perfectly do that. We still have a mission. We still have things that God had for us to do. And we see that here in this chapter. We are supposed to go forth, and so were the animals. And then at the very end of the chapter, we get uh, another uh, another important concept here where we see that Noah responds uh, with uh, faithfulness, uh, seeing the faithfulness of the Lord. He decides to do an offering and build an altar to the Lord. And he responds to the faithfulness of God by offering a sacrifice to God. And it's so important that in our own lives that we see the Lord's faithfulness and that we thank him, that we honor him for his faithfulness in our lives. It's important that we do that uh, because we are blessed so many times again and again by so many things we do not deserve. God continually 
pushes us through difficulties. He continually gets us to the other side. And at the other side, we are supposed to come out thanking and praising God. It's all about his glory, making sure that he gets the praise. And Noah did this, and he recognized this. And there we see at the uh, end of this chapter that the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. And we see this promise of God at the very last verse, that as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And so out of seeing Noah's faithfulness, God promised this amazing promise that he was not going to destroy the whole world as he did before, that he was not going to send another flood. And we're going to see how that uh, pays off in the next chapter and how we get uh, the promise of the rainbow. But here at the end of this, we get a promise from God that things are going to continually have their seasons. We're going to have the seed time and harvest. We're going to have the cold. We're going to have the heat. We're going to have winter. We're going to have summer. Things are going to continually go in uh, the seasons that God has uh, set naturally in the world around us. And so there won't be this great catastrophe as a flood as long as the earth endures, he says. So it's important to see that God is being faithful and Noah is being faithful. We have this constant uh, pattern of faithfulness here in these chapters of the flood story. And it's important for us to see that and then to apply it to our own lives, being faithful to God, knowing that he is going to be faithful to us, making sure that we point uh, all the glory back to him when he pulls us through the trials, when he gets us through our own uh catastrophes of life, just as he got Noah through the flood, uh, we need to then honor the Lord, give him thanksgiving, give him praise, make sure that we're always pointing back to him with our life, that we're honoring him in everything we do. So I'd encourage you uh, to read Genesis 7 and 8, read this flood story again, and, and keep following along because we're going to keep pushing through this flood story, and we're going to wrap it up and see what, uh, what other things we can find in Genesis chapter 9. So Read it, study it on your own, and then join us next time for another episode of From the Beginning here at Heavenward Thinking.